Good morning and welcome to the KLE podcast and another episode with Sean and Steve talking about building his church. And uh, let's get straight into the conversation with um, with me and Steve talking about building the church of Jesus Christ. Thanks for visiting with us. <laughs> and I guess that's part of the problem is that in this in this generational thing, uh, you know, we, we keep talking about generational curses or generational blessings or generational whatever. Yeah. Um, and with that fatherhood sonship thing that's been so prevalent, uh, it's not that it's a bad thing because it was said that it happened from Paul to Timothy uh, to faithful men and to others also. So, I mean, there is something about imparting what we've got uh, to the next generation. However, when it becomes a possessive thing, when it becomes something where if, if you don't find a spiritual father, if you don't find somebody who will, who will, who you can link to and link under basically, um, you will not be able to have, you will not be spiritually blessed. You know, like I was saying a little bit earlier about that gentleman who said that, uh, if you don't uh, link with us, basically, uh, you won't get the, you won't get the blessing of the grandfather, uh, who was a certain man, uh, nor, nor myself, who was the father, uh, nor me. I, I wouldn't be able to bless the gentlemen that are under me because there would not be a spiritual blessing. There would not be a generational blessing. Right. right. And um, it just, it really, it really got to me because there's, <clears throat> and what I told him was, I said, you never see Christ doing that. You never see Christ taking that place saying, Luke, I am your father. Yeah. You know, you never see that. Yes. You see him saying, I'm going to show you the father, but his was, he would not usurp nor take that place of the father. He, he knew who he was. He knew he was a son. He knew that I'm going to show you how to get to the father. I am the way to the father, but I'm going to show you your father. And I guess that's the thing we, if we can hang on to that, even though, you know, he turns the hearts of the fathers back to the children, you know, that whole thing. But even though my heart right now is to bring up that next generation or bring up, bring up somebody into the, the fullness and stature of Christ, it's not a possessive thing. It's not like you are my spiritual son. Um, it's still, you're a son of God. If I relegate you to my son, then Basically, a man goes no higher than his teacher. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I don't, I, I guess that's why it says call no man father. In fact, it even says call no man rabbi or teacher. Exactly. Or leader. Yeah. 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 I mean, it doesn't mean that they aren't there. It just means no. you don't position them like that. Right. I, I, I honestly, you know, it's because the thing that I see Jesus constantly doing is deferring everything to the father. Right. And he never, I mean, he, he says, you know, I've, I've taken care or I've not lost anyone, any that you have given me. Right, right. But, you know, I'm directing them back to you, Father. You know, it's like they've kept, I've kept your word. They will keep your word, you know, as they keep my word. And, and so he always deferred them back to the Heavenly Father. And I think that, that is the thing that bothers me is that in leaders and this is I believe honestly I mean this is just my my own sort of take on leadership but I honestly believe leadership in its context in its in its essence in its nature and the whole concept of leadership is one of mentoring and that because that's leaders. Leaders should be raising the next generation. They should be thinking strategically about ahead. So and and right uh, and being being a mentor means you you're a father and if you're a father then you're representing something and that representation is representing the father because Jesus fathered the disciples but who was he representing you know right. and he always represented his father always deferred them back to the father and I think that's where, even though, you know, when we come in and we're getting people under us, you know, kind of thing, and I'm your father, we're not putting right. godly seals into their life. You no. know, what we're doing is we're putting our seals into their life and it's soulish and what it is, it's controlling, it's manipulative, it's, it's disempowering. And, uh, and so they still left with an orphan spirit. 
you know? Yeah, well, it says, let none of you say, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos. Exactly. I'm of Sean, I'm of Steve, I'm of yes. whoever, because it says, are you not still carnal? I mean, what's the matter with you guys? Yes. You're still doing, you're still doing the same thing that that everybody else does, and it's not of Christ. It's 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 an abomination, basically, uh, um, because I didn't I didn't produce you. You know, you're a son of God. You're yeah. not a son of Sam or a son of Steve or a son That's of right. whoever. Right. Uh, you know, I. I if I'm to raise you up as a son of God, uh, I'm still not touching. It just like I guess the thing that impressed me so much is is those guys uh, who was Hophni Hoff, and Phineas, who uh, who touched the ark. Yes. This is the ark of the covenant we're talking about. You know, you you are a holder. You are a container of the ark of the covenant. Right. You are the ark of the covenant. You know, and for me to sit there and put my hands on you somehow to study you and to think that I've got something, uh, I guess the thing that got me so bad was whenever I would go to these conferences and they would introduce, uh, well, this is my son. You know, yeah. this is my son in the faith. Well, this is an older gentleman that deserves respect anyway. Yeah. And you're introducing him as your son. And basically it was to... It was just to show me that you were doing something in God. Right. And just, yeah. Because Paul, even though he said to Timothy, you are my, he told Timothy himself, you are my um, own technion or my one is produced by a seed. Yes. But he introduced him to other people as my co-laborer, my fellow servant, my, you know, whatever. I mean, he was, he was showing them the dignity and the, the honor that this young man deserved in front of everybody else. Yes. And there's nobody like-minded that will present to the gospel like I would. I mean, yes. he, he built up this guy in, in other, in other people's eyes. Yes. He didn't, he didn't put this him as a place of yeah. secondary or a place of, of nothing, you know, but beneath him until yeah. the appointed time of me, <laughs> the yeah. appointed time of the father, right. you know, um, if that's the case, if I'm your father, you're having to wait till my appointed time before I unveil you. Well, you know, that <laughs> one day I sat in a meeting and uh, a pastor's meeting and, uh, you know, the teaching had got around. So this one guy was sitting there and I said, well, first of all, when he started talking, I knew what he was talking about because we'd been in, you know, like you, I've been in the throes of, of the furnace of this thing and uh, this certain kind of teaching. And, and he was going, yes, you know, there's appointed seasons by the far, the father. And I said, well, who's the father? And I said, now I am. And so, you know, it's like until the right season, um, right. I, you know, they, they, he can't be, you know, um, his sonship cannot come into the full thing. And I said, so you have the power of, of his sonship. And he goes, yeah. And I said, where do you find that in the Bible? No, Galatians. I said, doesn't say that. It says we, we were, the, the, and we were under disciplinarians and, and tutors until faith came. Right, <laughs> right. Until you came, but until faith came. Right. And then we become sons of God. And I said, but if you represent the father, you will recognize the seasons and you will work with the, the seasons of the father, but not right. your season that you impose on me. I'm not going to take that. Sorry. No. And basically all you are at that point, if, if you really are going with that whole scripture, we're nothing more than a tutor or a governor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and of course he was talking about it. Yeah. He says, um, Verse 25 of Galatians 3 says, but now that faith has come, right. we are no longer under the control and authority. Listen to that. Under the control and authority of a tutor and a disciplinarian. For you who are born again have been reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, and are all and are all children of God set apart for his purpose with full rights and privileges through faith in Christ Jesus. So right. that right there just disempowers their control, you know? Right. But, but the thing is, is like, if you, if, as soon as you posture yourself over somebody, you've disempowered them. Right. And that keeps them immature. So here we've got this diabolical duplicity going on in the, in the body of Christ where we, we shouting and screaming at, at God's, Christ's bride telling them, telling her she must mature. She better mature. She's not doing mature things, but yet we disempowering her from maturing. Right. And that's crazy stuff. The, um, 
I had a gentleman, we were talking the other day, and I don't, I don't remember who it was now, but uh, we were just talking about, <clears throat> about this very issue about posturing. And we were talking about this, uh, uh, a gentleman that, that had that <coughs> doing that in this other person's life. He said, the problem is he comes to me all the time. And whenever we talk, he postures himself as though he's the superior or though as though I'm under or as though he said, it's just a, it's a weird situation as though I should be under him. And he said, it's a, it's a posturing, a spiritual posturing that he comes in with. And I said, boy, do I do that? And he goes, you used to. Wow. And I went, oh my land. I mean, it just, it tore me up to realize that I, I did that. Yes, yes. You know, I had that posture. I would come in and it is a spirit. I mean, I, I don't know how else to describe it. It isn't just because just because I think I'm better than you doesn't doesn't make you feel something necessarily. Yeah. But if, if there's a spirit behind it, you're definitely going to feel the power of that. Yeah, exactly. Now, it, well, because because. <laughs> You know, the thing is, we, we think, you know, people are stupid, but actually it's like they pick up, they pick up controlling spirits and, and uh, you know, manipulative situations. Not everybody, but a lot of people pick it up quickly, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and so, you know, we, we, the thing is, is we can fool some of the people some of the time, but not all the people all the time, you know, so. Right. Um, so we, we cannot, we cannot keep doing that and disempowering the body of Christ. I mean, the whole, right. listen, the whole objective of, of, of our leadership is not empowering us. If we're looking for our power to position and posture, we, we already are missing the kingdom, the, the spirit of the kingdom. You know, we just, we're right. missing the order of God totally. I mean, in Matthew, I'm just looking it up quickly here, Matthew 23 um while you're looking that up there's a there's something that uh scripture keeps hitting me and i can't find it because all i've read it in was the amplified and it says why is it that you you subject yourselves to these men who slap you on the face yeah, and second you Kings, chapter 11 yeah yeah and, and you like it <laughs> and you keep going back yes. for more yes <clears throat> yeah, he goes, you know, yeah, they put you down, they slap you around and, and you, and you, you just enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Just yeah. Like <laughs> <clears throat> I, well, you know, to be fair, I, we did take it also for a while until. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. God empowered us and, and, you know, we, we sold through the thing. Um, but yeah, but in, in Matthew, in Matthew 23 verse, um, uh, verse eight and to, 10, 11, it says, Jesus said this. Now he's speaking to, he's speaking to the disciples and the people about the, the religious order of the day, the religious leaders. He says, but do not be called rabbi teacher for one is your teacher who, who, and you are all equally brothers. Hello. I mean, just right there, just slays all that stuff. Right. And do not call anyone on earth who guides you spiritually your father. In other words, they they will be guiding you spiritually, but you not to call them father. Right. Uh, right. One is your place. father, and so they need to be representing him, not setting right. themselves up. He who is in heaven, uh, one for one is your father. He who is in heaven. Then verse ten: Do not let yourselves be called leaders or teachers, for one is your leader, teacher, and who is the Christ. Verse 11, but the greatest among you will be your servant. And verse 12, whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be raised to right. And I, I think they, they, that's the spirit of the kingdom, you know. But right. if, we, if we're operating in the religious spirit of church, uh, then, you know, the church hierarchy you know, people are still trying to, guys are still trying to set themselves. Now, why is that? Why, why would, why would people want to do that, Steve? <clears throat> set themselves up over people. Uh, might be an insecurity, might be just the fact I, there's a certain narcissistic thing that, that a lot of people have that think they they have to have the preeminence like diatrophies and you know it says that uh, woe unto them who seek to have the preeminence all the time yeah and basically there's that 
it is a it is a spirit of the age. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be up here so that you look up to me. Yeah. And I remember one guy crying in the middle of the night one time and he called me up and he says, They won't listen to me anymore. And I said, Who won't? And he says, The elders and the rest of the church, they won't listen to me anymore. I said, Well, they don't have to. <laughs> you know, I mean, why would they if you're you know, if you're just going to keep harping on them about principles and about why you're not obeying and you're not coming into the fullness of Christ and yeah. you know, what's the matter with you? I mean, all it is, is, is you're coming at it from you're you're beating them. Yeah. And no wonder they won't listen to you anymore. He goes, well, that's why I'm in this fast right now. I'm praying and fasting so that, you know, they'll begin to listen to me again. And the problem was when he went back off that prayer and fast, uh, he, he became stronger in that manipulative spirit than he was before. Yeah. And um, basically, they, they became a cult where they, um, they took other people's wives saying there was no covenant on the earth that was, you know, valid. And I mean, it was just, it was just that they had their own revelation then. And since you're not, like he told me one time, he said, uh, I said, Mar I said, that's the most, that's the most arrogant, <laughs> confusing thing I've ever heard in my life. He says, well, it's spiritually discerned. That's the problem. That's your problem. Is it spiritually discerned and you need the spirit to discover it. And see, that's another thing too. If I'm bringing you up as a son of God, the son of a son of God is led by the spirit of God. Right. I'm not here to teach you how to follow me. Yep. I'm here to, to help you learn to find out what the voice of the spirit of God is to you and how to follow that. Because uh, just like an example, the uh, uh, young man called me up the other day and said he was really looking at a couple different options uh, as far as a job and things like that and whether or not to move. And, and um, it says, let the, let the uh, peace of God rule your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So let the peace of God rule. Basically, don't go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In other words, making your list of all the things that could go right if you did this one and all the things that could go right if you did that. Don't go to that tree. Hmm. As a son of God, you go to the tree of life. What's life and peace? Which, which one is life? Which one, just like uh, uh, in Elizabeth's womb when she got around Mary, you know, John the Baptist leapt, the baby leapt inside of her. Which one makes the spirit of God in you leap in your heart when you get around that thought or get around that particular thing that's happening? Which one does that to you? Which yeah. one is peace in life? You can't go wrong with peace in life. With the other one, it says the day you partake of it and try to mentally figure it out is the day you die. Yeah. You begin that dying process. And it's interesting, uh, when, when uh, Peter was out walking on the water to Christ, <clears throat> And all of a sudden he started sinking. Well, it says that he reached out to Christ and, and immediately uh, the, he took his hand and immediately it says they were back in the boat. And then Jesus turned to him and said something, which, which I, didn't, I didn't quite understand at that time, but uh, I, I do a little bit better now because he said, Peter, wherefore didst thou doubt? Yeah. And I thought why, why would you say that to a guy? You know, because I took it as a slap in the face, Peter, why'd you even doubt yes. you know, type of thing? Yeah. But I have a feeling it wasn't that way. I mean, even though, but the word doubt there simply means to think twice about it. Yes. Why were you of two opinions? Why were you halting between two? Yeah. Yeah. Why were you halting between two opinions? Why were you even thinking you were already walking on the water for crying out loud, dude. Yes. You know, uh, what was the double-mindedness about? You know, why would you think twice about it? And and so it was more of a instructional thing as opposed to a slap. It was, but you see, that's that's the that's the mistake people make is that G. You know, I've heard somebody get up and say Jesus had his staff of twelve. You know, he didn't have a staff. He wasn't a boss. You know, yeah. he didn't come as boss. He came as mentor. He came as, as right. a, as, as, a, and that's, that's where I get my, my whole premise of, of working with leadership, leadership as an, as an executive coach, as a leadership mentor. I'm telling you, Steve, my whole thing is to get people to the realization that you're not, 
uh, that you, 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 if you're coming in the spur of a boss, um, you Jurassic, you know, you're just right. living in Jurassic Park, trying to be a Tyrannosaurus Rex and, you know, do, dominating the whole yeah, island. You, you, know, roar, kind of you roar and everybody jumps. Yes. You know, and that's what you, you know, and you, 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 you actually, you, you're not saying it, but you're working to see how many people you can get to serve you, not how right. many people you can right. serve. And so and you, the whole staff is there to comfort you because it says my, thy rod and thy staff shall comfort me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. That was bad. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's crazy stuff because you know, Jesus comes as that, you know, he comes to, he comes to prepare 12 people to carry the greatest uh, assignment ever in the earth, which is, right to carry the message of the kingdom and reproduce, which was what Adam and, and Eve was supposed to do. And they, but now he returns as king, invests it into them, prepares them. He takes three years and gets them to the place where they can carry the, and represent and impart the greatest message of the, of, of the kingdom of heaven into people's lives and into the earth successfully we are right. the result of it but <clears throat> he didn't come posturing himself over a staff because if he had you know what changed changed my mind on this was in uh, i think it's luke chapter 12 where it says a a innumerable company came to him and uh, you know at that point in time when i read that and i thought to myself you know what at that point in time, most ministers today would say, okay, boys, put on your white gloves, your, your velvet jackets, um, you know, uh, get Jerusalem news in here. This is it. My ministry's arrived. Innumerable company. Right. I mean, you know, what, what more could you want? That this right. is it, you know, the, the, my mega church has arrived, you know, let's right. break it up into five campuses and um, let's do this thing. You know, we've got this organized and, uh, you know, now I can direct my staff, but he didn't. And the thing that, changed my whole my whole view on ministry was it says he turned to his disciples and said <laughs> and i thought right there just kills it all you know right his focus was on developing mentoring and raising up leaders not not the crowd and right. and so immediately focuses on them and now he imparts to them as a mentor imparts to them the purpose of the father into their heart, because in John 17, he says the work that or the assignment that you've given me to do, I've completed. And he hadn't gone to the cross yet. Wow. The, the assignment he completed was what he, what he had put into the disciples. He said, I've lost none that you've given me. Wow. And, and uh, you know, and that's why when, when, when the crisis came in John chapter 20 or 21, where Peter says to John, um, and the disciples said, I'm going fishing. You know, when, when, when uh, Jesus had now died and was buried and uh, they didn't know he was resurrected yet, but um, he says, I'm going fishing because now they like, what do we do? That word actually implies I'm going back to my business. And right. John, John said, me too. And the others followed. So <clears throat> Peter being like the leading guy that Jesus had been mentoring, <clears throat> This says, that's it. I'm going back to, to what I did before. I'm going back to my industry. I'm going back to my job, you know, and, right. and the whole crowd followed him. When Jesus sits with him and appeals to him and says, do you love me? You know, I, I think we've got this religious view that Jesus sort of sat there with, you know, one finger in the air and the other three sort of following suit, you know, <laughs> Peter, you know, I'm resurrected. Will yes. you love me? You know, and it's just like, uh, yes, Jesus, I love you. Now, you know, we, we sat a whack. Jesus was talking to a businessman and he, and as somebody that he had mentored for three years, spent time with around fires, around, you know, meetings on the mountain, took them aside when it was busy and in, gave them input, not from, you know, chapter three, you know, item two, a manual, you know, how to make a better staff member. Um, he took them aside and it says, you know, I, me, I see this like passionate appeal, like Jesus leaning over the fire kind of thing and saying, 
Peter, will you love me? Do you love me? Not will you, do you love me? You know, that appeal to his, his heart and everything that he imparted to him, you know. Yes, you know it, you know. And just like at the end, he says, this, this is what you got to do, you know. And, and, uh, and of course, we, we see that. Peter being the spokesman that launches this whole thing. So um, I, I think we, 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 in leadership, we miss that. And the thing about it is Jesus never came demanding they follow him. Never. Right. I mean, he, he would walk past somebody and say, follow me. And that was it. He didn't negotiate it. He didn't try and convince them and say, Matthew, you need to submit to me because I am now your spiritual father. I'm better than all spiritual fathers, you know? Right. He never did that. He just said, follow me and moved on, you know? And, and, um, but he never tried to, he never, he just, people followed him because of who he was. And they didn't even know who he was at that point. They, well, no, I'm saying, and that's what I was just going to say. It's like, not because he was the Christ, because they had no idea he was, you know. Um, I mean, John said to his, his like, school of students, he said, hey, listen, that's the Lamb of God. He's going to take away the sin of the world. And so they said, well, let's go and see what this is about, you know. But, he, right. I mean, he operated as a man. And so uh, they didn't know who he was. But in his leadership, you know, they, what they did was they saw something in him. He earned their love. He earned their trust. He earned their respect, you know. And, and like that guy that called you and said, well, no, you know, they're not, they're, not, um, right. they're not listening to me anymore. You know, right there, I said, well, you've disqualified yourself somewhere. You know, it's right. just like you've disqualified yourself in people will – what, and that's the thing is this is the dysfunctionality of it. Leaders, if you're, a le if you're somebody that's trying to get followers, you're not a leader. Right. I've always heard that if you're a leader, if you think you're a leader, first of all, just turn around and check to see if anybody's following. <laughs> yes, because if nobody's following, you're not a leader, right? No. Yeah, Chinese correct. Proverb. Chinese proverb. Since when did the Chinese proverbs become the kingdom of God? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how about this as, as, a, as a secure leader? Um, don't you like what I'm saying? Okay, leave. Uh, what about you disciples? You want to leave too? That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's about, uh, Jesus, but you've got the words of life. <laughs> we, 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 you know, you, you've got the stuff that, that the purpose you've got, you've got the stuff that we want, Jesus. We're not going anywhere. You know, we're sticking with you kind of thing. But I mean, where, where do you get that in leadership today? Okay. You guys want to leave? Well, all go, you know, ah, but then who's going to pay the tithe? I mean, you know, <laughs> who's going to pay the sonship tithe to the son, spiritual father? Right, right. Okay. Sacred so that you can get your generational blessing. Oh, yeah, and you can get your generational blessing. Uh, you know, what? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. Oh, and, my. And you know, I follows, usually what follows that generational blessing thing is, you know, the tithe always goes up. Yes. Well, exactly. I mean, listen, there's only two things that always comes down to. Manipulation control is power and money. It always comes yes. down to those things. Is yes. you know, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can excuse it as much as you like, but it always comes down to that. Yes. It, it does. It, it always does. So, yeah, I mean, if you can kill that, you know, um, that sacred cow, but, but, you know, while man is wanting power, then they'll keep doing it. That's the, that's the unfortunate part, you know. I, I think, Steve, we just got to keep taking people back to Jesus and, and how he was with people, you know. And he didn't have a staff. He had disciples. Right. It's different. Right. Totally different. Yes. And, and the thing was is he, he didn't command us to – he said, I want you to make disciples, but he didn't say, I want you to disciple people. There is a big difference there. If yes. I'm making a disciple of you, I, I'm not having you follow me, but like Paul says, I'm having you follow me as I follow Christ. I'm making you a disciple of Jesus Christ, not a disciple of Steve. Well, that's it, you know. Teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you. Not right, 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 right. What you command, you know. Yeah, because otherwise you know, you become my disciple and become twice the son of hell I was. Oh, man. One of well, the, that, thing, one of the things, go ahead. Sorry? Go ahead. No, so, that, yeah, that's what Jesus said, because in, uh, in Matthew 20, 23, he goes on to say, he says, woe 
uh, to you, self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven in front of people, for you do not enter yourselves, nor do you allow those who are in the process of entering to do so. And he says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you swallow up widows' um, houses and, and to cover it to cover it. To cover it up, you make long prayers, therefore you will receive the greater condemnation. And uh, oh, yeah, and then he goes, because you travel over sea and land to make a single proselyte, convert, <laughs> convert them to Judaism. And when he becomes a convert, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. That's right. verse 15. And so, yeah, that, that, that's exactly what it is. You know, they... That, and you see, that's the thing is, is that the kingdom order, the kingdom of God has, a, has an order to it. And the order is, is that God is king and, right. and we bring people in under his kingship, under his governorship, under his rule and reign, which, right. is, which is empowering because Jesus makes us kings. He doesn't right. make us servants. He doesn't make us slaves. He doesn't make us, he doesn't subject us. Right. You know, this thing is subjection. We we like to subject people to us rather right. than and, and subordinate people to us. Just in that, you know, subordinate is is to put under in order under me. That's really what it is. So when I right. when I have a subordinate, it's somebody that I've um subjected to me. I've placed them under me. That's not the kingdom of God. It's just not it's right. just the spirit. Always we direct and we, because that's what the, they, they were doing. They were um, shutting off the kingdom of heaven in front of people because they, they're not prepared to enter it and nor do they allow those in the process of entering to do so. So, right. you know, born again is, is once mentioned, only once. And Jesus said to Nicodemus in the dark, after hours, behind closed doors, uh, you must be born again because if you're not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God or you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So born again gets you enter. We love getting people born again. We got everybody entered. They're all looking at this wonderful door and the door frame, studying the knob, the keyhole and everything else. But <laughs> nobody gets into the kingdom because we're right. holding them out with all this stuff we've got going on. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, sorry, my phone was turned on. I oh, I thought it was such a good point. You were playing music for me. <laughs> well, that could be. I was <laughs> just going to oh, hallelujah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm, this is, we're on a passionate topic of mine, man. This is like, <laughs> this is the stuff that I... Yeah, this is really just gets me going, you know. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's just well, like you can tell with me too. Is that the um, the 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 tough part is is that this is something that we've dealt with for the last and been and people have tried to bring us into this and keep us into this circle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because they don't want to break up their Amway message. <laughs> that's it yeah that's exactly right yeah uh, because when you think about it is all i'm doing is is making some sort of a uh a spiritual downline and of course the the tithe goes up you know up the up the chain and so uh and the blessing goes down but the more people i can get in my line uh the more important i am Yep. And the more, the higher up, basically, that I get. That's it. Um, so, anyway, I, I guess that's one thing that I just uh, begin to see over and over again is that a lot of these guys like that preeminence, like you said before. They like that place of being. I remember uh, this, that same guy that I told you called me up crying. He says, I don't understand. He says, I've climbed the mountain of God. I've gotten all the revelation that there is to get, and I've come back down the mountain, and I'm sitting on the pile of revelation like gold. Hmm. And he says, all these men keep trying to go up the mountain, and they're going up, walking right past me, and I have it all. But yet nobody will stop and inquire of me. Yep. I do. And I'm thinking, you 
and that's when I said that's the most arrogant thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. And, and he said, and that's where he said, that, you know, it's spiritually discerned. You, you have to yeah. be able to spiritually discern all that. And I'm going, there's the, the objective is to, to help men in their journey up to God. Who cares if you know it or not? Yeah. Exactly. Until that light dawns in their heart, it's not going to be something that's, that they're going to get anyway. I mean, I can, I can teach you till I'm blue in the face, but if I can impart to you the living Christ and he begins, it in, it unveils something in your heart, not just some revelation of a principle, but it, it, the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. It's the very, it's the very nature. I guess that's the thing about, I think we've talked about this before uh, about the word logos. You know, uh, uh, um, faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God is the word rhema, uh, which simply means to open the mouth and to utter something or just to make your lips flutter, basically. Um, I was always taught that the word logos when it says that the, the, the word became flesh and dwelt, dwelt among us in the beginning was the word, word was with God, the word was God, blah, blah, blah. You know, that the whole scenario there. Most of the time, whenever the word word is used, it's the word logos. And Jesus Christ, of course, was the Logos of God. Yeah. Well, I was always taught that that was the written word. So if I give you the principle, I'm giving you Logos. I'm giving you Christ. No, that's not. If I just get, if I just read to you this scripture, I'm not giving to you Christ. I'm not giving to you the Logos. I'm giving to you something that was written. In fact, at first it was Rhema. It was spoken to, to somebody, yeah. and then they just happened to write it down. Is. But the word logos itself literally means to speak, but it's not just to speak. It means the very thought, intent, purpose, and motive behind what is spoken. Wow. So if I give you the logos, I'm not just giving you what is written. I'm giving you the very thought, intent, purpose, and motive behind everything that God thought when he spoke it in the beginning. Yes. And that's what became flesh. That is who Christ is. He became flesh and dwelt among us. The very thought, intent, purpose, and motive behind everything God did and thought came forth. And, and just the same thing as when he said, let there be light. The very thought, intent, purpose, and motive of God. In fact, I, I guess that's why I still believe in the Big Bang Theory, basically, is because when God spoke, I bet you if you went out far enough in the universe— and got out in front because it says it's everything's moving away, mm. you know, from a central point. It's everything's moving outward in a, in a certain direction. And I'm thinking if you got out in front of that somewhere, you'd probably still hear that word that was spoken in the beginning with that very thought. Yeah. Let there be light. Yes. Yes. And so the power of that, the strength of that, and we are sons of God. We, that is the same thing we do when we speak these things, when we, when we give voice to this. That's why it says confession is made unto salvation. To confess something isn't just to, to, to keep, keep uh, reciting the scriptures, though we're doing rosary beads or as though we're doing something else. It means to literally, homologio, to speak the same thing as the very thought, intent, purpose, and motive that God spoke in the beginning. Right. So if I speak it with that very heart and the nature of God behind it, it's going to have the same effect. Right. So, and that's the something that we can bring the, bring this next generation into is realized it's not just a it's not just a bunch of words on a piece of paper. Yeah. This is something that God spoke, and God is still speaking to them. Yeah. Can they hear His voice and speak for Him? Yeah. And that's when they do, it's going to affect the world. Exactly. It's not a religious order. That's the thing. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a religious thing. It, the, the Bible is not a religious book. You know, it's just, right. it's, not, it's not holy ink on holy paper bound in, in, in a holy cow. You know, it's just. It, <laughs> it's just yes, mine is leather. Yes. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's words reflecting the heart of God. That's what it is. And we've, we've got to get the heart of the father because you can kill people. With, I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about people who read the Bible, preach the Bible, just like us. And yet the, the spirit of it is like law, you know, is, 
is comes in a different way. One is controlling and the other one, one is disempowering and the other one is empowering coming in the spirit of life. You know, it's just, yeah. Um, if I come to you as a minister, you know, the word minister basically means servant. Yes. If I'm, if I'm coming to you as a minister or a servant and all I'm doing is producing other servants, I'm going to try to be the chief servant because I want you to follow me. Well, that's it. If I'm a son of God, I'm going to try to f help you get to see your father and help you be a son also. Oh, exactly. The best thing I ever found in, in um, cause I've had several quote unquote spiritual fathers. The one that I really admired and, and the way I learned the most was to watch his sonship. Yes. And when I watched his sonship, that's when I, that's what empowered me to find out who my father was. It wasn't, it wasn't him teaching me. I didn't, I mean, there was great revelation and all that sort of stuff. And I, I learned a lot, but it wasn't that it was the watching his sonship yes. that brought me into the real longing to have that, to have that relationship with my father. That's, that's what got me. Yeah. And that's what continued to draw me. And, uh, um, uh, this, this guy, I mean, he, he was, uh, this was back, man, this is 25 years ago, but, uh, he was 80 years old and he was, he was hang gliding. Wow. <laughs> and he also rode a motorcycle. Uh, this one time I met him up on this mountain pass and it was about halfway in between where we lived and, and he was riding his motorcycle up there and, and he's a little short guy. And, and, um, anyway, um, I started to drive off in my car and he kind of waved me down and I, and I, I stopped and got out and went over to where he was. He was sitting on his bike. He says, my legs are too short and this bike is too heavy. Can you help me back up and turn around? <laughs> I don't know why I remember that so vividly, but his, just his, um, his down to earth, I'm not more spiritual that I don't need your help. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm just who I am. Yes. And this is how I follow Christ. Um, you know, and, and he wasn't even trying to say, this is how I follow Christ. He was pointing me toward my, every single chance he got, he pointed me toward my father. He never would give me an answer. Yes. He would say, what is your father saying about that? Yeah, or yeah. he would give me a scripture that would point me to my master. Yes. And before a man's own mastery stands or falls, if I stand and fall before you, you've become my master. Right. And uh, he never took he never took that place. I would say that he was a Paul to me, a Timothy to other people, but he would never do that. He would never take that place. Yeah. And he always encouraged me. Always, if I would come around, he would he would light me up in front of other people. Yeah. Well, that's a good dad, isn't it? Oh my land! I yeah. I had never experienced that before, and or since, for that matter. Yeah, exactly. But to have that type of input and to realize, I guess now to look back on it and say, okay, that's what it's supposed to look like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we've tasted all sorts of stuff, right? And now to taste and see that the Lord is good, yeah. and to see how He operates. And to see what that did to my life and how it imparted something to me is just, I mean, it's a powerful thing to realize that somebody laid down their life so I could live. Yeah, exactly right. So. Exactly right. You know, and that, I mean, yeah, fortunately, I, I did have the privilege of walking with somebody like that in my life too. Um, you know, to a lesser, lesser, maybe a lesser degree, but, but he, he meant, you know, actually only when he passed away did I realize how much he had shown me, you know, how much right. Of, right. The, of the heart of the father he had shown me and, and just the spirit of, of how he did it was more than, he, he wasn't really a teacher. So he wasn't somebody that sat down and said, you know, A to B, he would tell me to do that, you know, right, right. I was, yeah. You would call me up to teach people how how it works, but himself, he he never taught. He just was, you know. And and that right. was that was such a lesson to me. Is like uh, just to be, you know, be who who right. what you reflect, what you um, what you represent. Be that, you know. Don't try and 
impose that. Don't try and, uh, it's like I, somebody came to me the other day and said, now this, this uh, minister sat with, told him that you must, you, you know, it's either, either me or it's him. Oh, wow. Yeah. You, you got to choose, you know, either me or it's him. And I said, but, but you know, Jesus never, ever comes with that kind of attitude. He never wow. comes with this uh, ultimatum kind of thing, because then I'm of Paul, I'm of, um, you know, Paulus, I'm of Christ. Peter, I mean, Paul says, he says, some even say that I'm of Christ, which right. <laughs> separates them from everybody else. You know, it's just like, it's, right. we, we're not building these divisions into the body of Christ. You right. know? Um, it's all about the father and going back to the father. And when, yeah. as people understand that wholeness mm. comes to their life, growth happens, uh, you know, maturity comes, it's because it's about the father, you know? Um, well, yeah. as you said earlier too, uh, just about this gentleman that was in your life, that's the way this, this guy was toward me too. Um, and I'm going to name him. His name is Wayne Bouchard and he traveled all over the world, basically, um, especially in Malawi. Yes. Uh, he started a bunch of Bible schools there and just, oh, I mean, right. he really over, um, he helped train a lot of young minister uh, uh, pastors over there and young yes. young leaders at the time he didn't know any different than to raise up pastors but anyway uh because he didn't i mean that's what he came out of that's what he knew yeah. but the main thing was is that his his whole heart was and i didn't realize this was the scripture that applied but counsel was bound up in the heart of man but a man of understanding or wisdom will draw it out of him right what he did he wasn't so much of trying to put stuff in he was drawing it out of me so that I would search it out. I would, you know, it's, it's in the uh, hand of Kings to search it out. You know, yes. the wisdom is hidden somewhere and it's up to the King to search it out. Yes. Well, he, he had me search it out. He, he, he knew the counsel of God was in there and he was just uh, tapping that. Uh, like it says in song of Solomon, come on north wind and blow thou south and blow up on my garden that the spices may flow out. It says my garden, my sister, my spouse is a fountain shut up in a garden enclosed. I was shut up for so long that my fountain, my river of living water wasn't flowing that much anymore. But him by the spirit of God was drawing that out. Yes. And I was no longer a dead seed. The dead seed, the only reason it was dead is because there was input. There was input all the time, but there was no output. Yeah. Yeah, you were and not so, empowered to, to take it to any further. Right. And But what he did was he tapped that thing in me that caused it to pour out. It began, and that's the same thing that happened in, in Deuteronomy where it says about the, the, um, the flood. When, yeah. you know, it says the rains came down for 40 days and 40 nights. It's interesting that the rains kept coming down for 40 days and 40 nights. They'd never had rain. But the reason the flood happened was when the fountains of the deep opened up. Yes. And that's what we're trying to get to with these, with everybody around us is open up or tap into that fountain of the deep. Yes. My, my sister, my spouse is a fountain shut up and a garden enclosed. Yeah. So come, O north wind, and blow thou south, and blow upon my garden. Yeah. Let that fountain of the deep open up. Break it open. Let it come forth. And we just loose that in anybody that's listening right now. We just say, fountain Jesus of the deep, Christ. open up right now in Jesus' name. That fountain begin to flow forth yes. once again, because out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, unstoppable rivers. And everywhere that river flows shall bring life into the desert places. There shall be trees of righteousness planted on either side of your river. And out of those trees shall come leaves that are healing for the nations and fruit for all seasons. Yeah. And we just loose that right now in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Let the shackles come off and that's right. Let the sons of God become empowered. In yes, the, in the spirit of 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 Christ to yes. to represent their Father and and to, to reflect His glory, yes. not man's glory. We we the world is looking for the manifestation of the sons of God, not the manifestation of the sons of men. Yeah, and, or ministers, or yeah. apostles, or prophets, or anybody else. <clears throat> yeah, none of that stuff. They're looking for the sons of God. They're looking for yep. the for the maturity and the and the character and the development in the sons. And, and we, 
Father, we just thank you that a new spirit is going to come across the nations where that will release that glory of those sons who can reflect the glory of God. And, and they will be able to manifest in every sphere of life, uh, begin to bring your glory father into, into every area because this generation needs to know the father. That's right. Not the church, not the religion. That's right. They want, they need, they're looking for, the father it's a fatherless generation a fatherless world we're dealing with and father we thank you that you're raising up fathers who who are not trying to position themselves not looking for promotion and titles right but who really really want to invest who you are into the lives uh and the and the hearts of the of the sons of god sons and daughters of the kingdom and father we just thank you for that you're raising up a new generation of fathers moms and dads who reflect your heart in every every area we thank you for that father in jesus name that's right i agree amen well steve thank you buddy it was good sharing with you again i'm encouraged you know that's the thing is these times just give me it brings me to reflection again and, and to walk in, in alignment with, with the father's will for my life, you know, and the father's will for us as, as right. the of Christ and you know, what, what is his kingdom? What is his kingdom rule for us? And so it's good, you know, that when I talk about this, I'm just, I'm humbled in my heart again and saying, father, you know, I want to do it right. I want to do it in, in, the, in the right spirit, not just, right. not just in the right, you know, method or pro, you know, formula, but I want to do it in the right spirit, you know? That's right. That's what it's about. Well, I love you, brother. Appreciate you. you. And, um, yeah, this is exciting. Really, really exciting. Look forward to, to more of, of conversations like this. Hey, I'd just like to invite you if you've been listening and, uh, won't you give us a share if you care, uh, share these, um, this, uh, link around to your friends and uh, let people be, become part of this conversation. We need more people to, to hear this and to be part of this and to, and to grow in this. So, um, please, Please share share this with um, with people uh, far and wide with your friends and and uh, those you think would would really benefit from this. And uh, hey, shoot us a, an email or a message and um, let us know what you think. Um, if you've got any questions or any insights um, that you'd love to share with us or testimonies, we'd love to hear from you. All right. So until next time, this is Sean and Steve on building his church, and we'll say over and out until next time. All right. Goodbye. God bless, man. Bye-bye. Hey, before you go, uh, won't you please subscribe to KLE either on Anchor or on uh, Spotify or on Apple or on Google. And there's about five or six other platforms that you can subscribe on. It really helps the rankings to get the message out. Um, So if you can just subscribe and say, hey, I'm – I'm a follower of this um, podcast, uh, and that'll really help to boost the rankings as well. So appreciate you. Have a super weekend, and thanks for, for listening. Until next time, God bless.